I'm April Willis, and you're listening to the Unbound Outdoors Collective, the podcast where us ladies get to chat unapologetically about hunting, fishing, all things outdoors, and our experiences within. On this podcast episode, I'm talking to Arezel Turan, or as we call her, Rosie. She's an educator and a mentor from the Winnipeg area who focuses on those who are new to ice fishing. We're going to go down the rabbit hole about her business and a whole bunch about women in the outdoor industry, especially fishing. I hope you enjoy this one. So tonight I have with me on the podcast, Rosie. Rosie's from the Winnipeg region, and she's a friend of Melissa and I that we met through social media, of course. And then we were able to sort of get together and fish occasionally throughout the winters. So welcome to the podcast, Rosie. Hi, April. Um, For those of the listeners that don't know you, can you tell them a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, So I'm a tourism management instructor. That's my real job. Uh, I've been teaching for about 23 years. Um, So I, um, I I just I love the outdoors and I really love educating people. Uh, But the reality is I didn't grow up in a family of outdoors people. I um, did not grow up fishing. Uh, This was not something that my family did. So this was a passion of mine that I took up a little bit later in life. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of uh, a little tidbit about me anyway. I actually didn't realize when you told me that you were a teacher, I thought like the first thing that comes to mind when somebody says teacher, you're like, oh, like grade six teacher, you know, <laughs> high school teacher or something like that. I didn't realize that your teaching was in tourism. Yeah. So I've been and- teaching adult learners basically for oh. uh, my whole life, my whole adult life pretty much. And so is that like in a college or kind of extracurricular? So I taught at St. Boniface University for a really long time, about 17 years. Um, And since uh, September 2019, I've been with Red River College. So I teach uh, in the Exchange District campus and I also teach some business classes as well. But uh, yeah, tourism has really been the only job I've ever had ever since I was a kid, basically, really? I've always worked in the tourism industry. Um, from event planning, I worked at Fort White Alive for several years. I organized Festivals Voyage for a couple of years. Uh, and so I've, I've really just always worked in and, and for this industry. So it's really my passion. Um, and as a teacher, what's really kind of our measure of success is seeing successful students, right? So. Now right. it's what I love is I've been doing this for so long that my students are now my peers, uh, right. which is kind of a neat thing. Yeah, that's so cool. You, you know, you learn something every day. Here I was <laughs> thinking just straight up teacher and that you've amazed me. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, okay, so you said that you did not grow up fishing and you didn't come from like a super outdoorsy fishing family. What, what kind of got you into that then? You know, I, um, I took a leadership class in high school, um, which kind of set me on a path for my future. Uh, you know, we, I remember we did canoe trips and we got to coach uh, high school teams and that kind of thing. Um, and after that, I, I really loved canoeing and uh, ended up working at a canoeing uh, camp for a year. I worked at a couple of fishing lodges. Oh, um, really? So yeah, yeah. So that was kind of my introduction to fishing was when I was like 19 years old. And uh, so when you were working at the lodges, sorry to interrupt you, 
Mm-hmm. When you were working at the fishing lodges, were you working there as a fishing guide or oh, were no. you there for another purpose? No, I was a, what they called a cabin girl. Oh, <laughs> So our job was, what, what was neat was we'd, we'd wake up in the morning, we'd prep kind of the breakfast and stuff for the, and the shore lunch packages um, mm-hmm. for the anglers. And then we'd clean up and then uh, we'd do the cabins. And if we hurried up and finished cleaning up the cabins, we had this split shift where we had the afternoons to and we were stuck it was a um boat-in uh lodge so we were stuck we didn't have anything to do except learn to fish right and uh so me and the other gal uh her name's jen we would head out and learn how to we learned how to drive a tiller and go out and explore and we really didn't know what we did we were doing we mostly just you know used worm harnesses and trolled about Mm -hmm. until we got something but um that was my my summer and it was like every day I fished every day because there was nothing else to do Mm -hmm. um, and fell in love with it but then didn't do it again for years and years and years and years really Mm -hmm. and so what brought you back uh we got a little place on a lake um a few years ago and uh it's uh just a seasonal um and it came with a fishing boat oh and so that was just a little tiller, a little 16 foot Lund tinner. Right. And uh, I was like, what have I not been doing? Like, this has been awesome. So again, I got back into fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, <laughs> long story short, I was doing my master's in tourism management and I needed a topic for my thesis, my mm-hmm. graduate research paper. And I ended up doing it on women and fishing. Oh. So what happened was I, I'll I'll try to keep this short. I was going to do it on a different topic altogether. Mm -hmm. And I was going to do it for the, to kind of help out the city of um, Kenora, because I really wanted to be able to write my thesis while I was at at the lake. Um, And uh, I, I was having, I was struggling with my research question and I went back to the camp and two of my friends were there and they were fishing and we're the three of us were fishing in the boat and we were kind Mm -hmm. of bitching about (laughs) how much money we had spent on fishing gear and we couldn't really find women specific stuff and Mm -hmm. I had I literally had a eureka moment where it was like oh my god this is what I want to do my thesis on right and uh so the title of my thesis is um women fish too increasing Mm -hmm. the competitiveness of a northwestern Ontario tourist destination so it was all about if we if Kenora could you know focus on women and fishing they can increase the number of anglers and um, it opened up a world to me that I didn't Mm -hmm. know existed it absolutely changed my life um I can go on I can can go on well I I am not going to tell you to stop I do want to ask you though so if um, somebody's interested in reading this paper, is this like a public, can, can somebody find it online? You know what? I never published. I didn't publish. <gasps> you know, and I, sh- I, I could have, should have. Um, can you still? Uh, yeah, I could. But here's, here's what I, I was going to continue to say. Like when I was doing this paper, it was on the cusp. Things were starting to change. And there was a few women doing uh, other research in, um, basically the upper midwest mm-hmm. in the u.s on a similar topic and so okay. the whole advent of women and fishing and language about fishing and women and the industry taking note 
all happened right at the same time. And their right. papers were, were really good. And I thought, oh, I, I didn't have the confidence to publish mine and I <sighs> should have. Um, so basically what that, that it, it, if I compare what, what we were five years ago compared to where we are today, it is mm-hmm. a whole different thing. Like you rarely today will see any manufacturer, any industry professional use the word fisherman. Right. Just, just to say that one change, the one change in language from going from fisherman to angler, right. that happened very recently. And it was right. because of people like myself and maybe yourself and other people who would write to these companies and say, you're being exclusive you have to be inclusive and this is the easiest way to do it right so yeah it's just a time of change for women um at the time I wrote the thesis there was 27 percent of women uh of license holders were women Mm -hmm. in the U.S. and Canada on average and over the past year um during the pandemic that has absolutely increased I think the latest number I heard was like over 37 percent or maybe it's even higher so but it is estimated by 2035 Mm -hmm. and it's probably sooner now because the pandemic kind of shuffled more women into fishing. Right. Um, But by 2030 to 2035, 50%. So half of the license holders are going to be women. Really? So what, and this isn't my findings. This is findings from the other um, people who were doing research at the time. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing is that the manufacturers are like, Oh, okay. Maybe we should start putting pictures of women fishing and <laughs> right. All of a sudden, maybe we should hop on that boat. Maybe we should, you know, make pants that fit women. Maybe we yes. should, uh, you know, maybe yeah. pink isn't the answer. So mm-hmm. we're starting to see a lot, a lot of change in a very short amount of time. And I'm so excited to see that. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's just to say, you know, you asked me, I didn't grow up fishing. No, but fishing has really become a huge part of my life in a very short span of time. Right. You kind of just went right, right in, right off the deep end. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So now this all makes quite a bit of sense to me, but I'm going to ask you the question anyway. So you ended up, so you already work in tourism, but you ended up with a very cool sort of, I don't know if you call it a business, but a side business hustle interest, and it's in the fishing industry. So can you tell us a little bit about that? I think you know what I'm talking about. I do, I do know what you're talking about. Okay, so good. The, here, here's the next step. So I, I write this paper, you know, that had really encompassed my life. Right. And to celebrate the day I handed it in, mm-hmm. <laughs> it happened to be this week, a few years ago, about three years ago. Right. Um, and it was Black Friday and I went out and I bought all the ice fishing stuff. And I thought, this is my my congratulations, Rosie, you get it kind of thing. Yeah. So I went, I went and bought all the ice fishing stuff and then thought, well, I hope I like ice fishing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know. <laughs> right? I didn't really know anyone who ice fished. I, I'd never done it. So um, I ended up doing an interview on CBC radio, French CBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, French is my first language. So I did, I did this, uh, this interview. Um, and at the end of the interview, I'm chatting with the host and he's like, yeah, I'm big into ice fishing. I said, oh yeah, you know, I'm going on about uh, my thesis really, but, but uh, we were, I said, I bought the stuff. I don't know how to use it. He says, I'll take you fishing. Oh, wow. So I went fishing with him and his four-year-old daughter. 
and quickly realized that the four-year-old knew more than I did about ice fishing. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. Um, and so that was my first winter was kind of, I learned a few things from him and I asked mm -hmm. lots of questions and got connected to a few people, but really was just kind of figuring it out on my own. Right. And, and then during the pandemic, I had this eureka moment where it was like, what happens if you don't have a CBC host that takes you fishing? <laughs> like who teaches you? Right. And that's the birth of my business was I, me sitting on the couch in, in November, 2020, it was about this time and just right. going, I need to do something. I want to use the knowledge I have about the industry. Um, there's a gap. Uh, I'm not going after the big fish. That's, you know, that that's great. And there's mm -hmm. people who are awesome at it. Mm -hmm. I just want something that's going to be great to get more women fishing mm -hmm. and to show people how to fish, not novices like myself, because right. if you don't have a mentor, where do you go? Right. And so, right, you're not, you wouldn't consider yourself or you wouldn't um, label yourself as a guide. You would label something more as like a mentor, right? Yeah. So, and yeah. that's a big differentiator. I am a I, I am a, I, like I have my guiding license and stuff, mm -hmm. but um, the the reality is that I see myself as an educator right. and a mentor. Right. Um, so so the, that's really the the difference between my business and, and others and simple things like I I had my shack custom made and again okay. uh, when I had this eureka moment about the business I'm like okay I'm gonna get a shack made <laughs> but I'm gonna get a shack and one of the things that came out of my study was that peeing and fishing go hand in hand. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and, and women, uh, you know, it's, it's not obvious. And some women are like, oh, I don't care. That's fine. You know, I'll pee off the side of the boat or I'll, I'll pee in the middle of the lake. That's fine. Right. But for a lot of women, it is what's preventing them from mm -hmm. going out. Mm -hmm. uh and don't get me started on tournament fishing and all this other stuff but right <laughs> the, the, re the reality is that having a shack with a, a placed a toilet inside right. was something that i had custom made so so this is a differentiator for, for again for me so the shack was made kind of and it's cute and it's cozy it's right it's it's, it's really made for, originally it was made for the ladies but yeah i could i can tell you that i have never not once heard of a shack that had a bathroom in it. I mean, like a, a um, ice lodge or um, a monster uh, monster lodge or an ice castle. I mean, yes, of course those do, but I have never heard of just an ice shack, a built shack that has a bathroom in it. Yeah. And that would be wonderful. <laughs> and it is wonderful. Uh -huh. And I found that, you know, when, when this started, I really, my, my target was women because that was, you know, my subject, mm -hmm. but I, I quickly realized that it's not just ladies. It, it's, uh, you know, a lot of uh, older gentlemen or, you know, it doesn't matter who you are or right. if you have kids with you, it just makes it a lot simpler. So it's just right. a detail, but it's one of those details that again, someone who works as a tourism instructor, you go, you pay attention to this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and also then understanding that there was a need to, you know, getting aside from the, the bathroom piece, just a, the, the idea of making people at ease and comfortable and not right. intimidated and not shy about asking questions and that they right. feel really safe yeah. was really important to me. And that whole safety feature, because 
for those people who have been ice fishing their whole life, they, they don't think twice about setting foot on the ice and going, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um, I'm very uh, cautious, you know, when I'm speaking to people, I let them know that we're, we're really there to hold their hand from A to Z, like mm -hmm. really, and, and we, we go with the flow. So if it's um, somebody who does have some fishing experience and great, but we, we do really do cater to people who really, this is their first time right no, never tried it right so do you find that um are you getting any because because if i were to find out that somebody had an ice shack that had a bathroom in it and i didn't own an ice shack i would want to ask about rentals or can i use it or something do you have you ever had that yet where somebody was just needs to have a shack and and they found out that you had a bathroom in it and they want to use yours <laughs> use my bathroom or use my shack well use the shack <laughs> because it has a bathroom <laughs> maybe i could start charging 25 cents or something for people right to use the washroom. um no uh the 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 shack yeah so so the shack rentals are going well so basically just to to explain my there's a few facets to my business so one is i do lessons so either half day or full day lessons um and then uh the lessons what i found was that I really, again, it's based on, on what people want to learn. Um, mm -hmm. Some people just want to sit around and just have somebody there in case, you know, <laughs> they, catch oh, a yeah, fish yeah. And they don't know what to do. Uh, but other people really want to learn everything. Like they're mm -hmm. just passionate about it and want, want as much information as they can get. So, you know, I provide them with the electronics and all the equipment and everything else. And if they want to learn how to auger, we'll do that. If they want to learn to set up a tent, we'll do that. So it's very much catered to the people. But mm -hmm. I found that that a lot of times it was, um, you know, a group of girlfriends that, that were coming out. And um, so I've partnered with the hotel in Gimli. By the way, my shack is located in, in Gimli. In Gimli. Uh, yeah. And um, so I've partnered with the, the hotel there. So a lot of people would do like a stay in place. So they do maybe oh, okay. um, one day fishing and then do like a spa day the next day. Kind of oh, nice. <laughs> kind of fun. Right. Um, so but but I found yeah with a lot of the people that come after me helping them out in the morning they they just want to gossip and hang out and do you know chat. they don't want me there yeah. so I started offering a 50 50 where I'm there in the morning and then I let them to their own devices in the afternoon so right yeah so I've been doing the lessons and and that's been a lot of fun and then uh yeah we do shack rentals too right so, and are you people, go ahead no, I was just going to say, so people can either rent the shack and just show up with their own stuff, right. or we can uh, provide all the things. So we do all inclusive as well. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, are you finding like when you're mentoring and teaching, are you finding that people are getting hung up on some of the same topics? Like, are there things that you find yourself teaching more often than the other topics? That's an interesting question. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people um the electronics are new for people uh, like, yes okay. for, again for people who, who who ice fish you go well yeah we always use a flasher if you've never seen a flasher before yeah uh, it's it's a it's it's a game changer right yes it, it, all yeah. of a sudden it's like you're because a, a lot of people would share that with me oh i went ice fishing once with my dad but it was like mm -hmm. 15 20 years ago and we just you know they dug a hole and hope for the best yeah and just having the flasher and being able to see that there's a fish down there um it and i also have a little cheapy underwater camera that i bring and you know it's just fun right so so right. i think the null now that they understand 
that there's these tools that we have. Right. Uh, also, you know, I'll talk about topography and mm -hmm. you know, fish structure and that kind of stuff. And it's things that maybe they hadn't learned with dad, you know, right. bring up kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I find that that just the electronics piece has is, is been a game changer. Mm -hmm. um, I think just lure selection, um, a lot of people don't even know about, you know, differences and that there's different types of fishing rods, you know, like they just, oh, yeah, okay. a rod. So right. I think like the, the span of learning is huge, right? Mm -hmm. You could teach for days and days and days. You could, you could. You just and, like, you just have to pick you know you know how broad are you or how much are you going to talk about when somebody asks you about fishing lures or about rods right like yeah it could be a long time <laughs> yeah yeah so so you have to know and this is part of it right and maybe this is part of me being an instructor but mm -hmm. you know that there's a certain level of knowledge that that I can share in an amount of time to get them going right and that, then it's up to them to get the passion to want to learn more, mm -hmm. right? Because you're right. And we can just go on and on and on and on and on. And they don't want me to, right? They right. just want to know enough yeah. um, to get started. And it's interesting. I noticed that uh, this last year, so I'd have like my favorite lures kind of laid out and they'd be taking pictures and going, okay, I'm going to go and buy this. Like right. they just want, what do I need? Like, yeah, they just want to know. Just tell me. I, I need if I want to spend, and I'll say, well, what's your budget? You know, and let's mm -hmm. say it's okay for 150 bucks. What 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 can I get for rod and reel and lures and whatever to get me going? Right. And um, so yeah, people just want an answer. Right. Because yeah. you can go, well, you could do this or that or this or that. <laughs> they they don't want that. They want no. go buy this rod. Yeah. You'll be happy with it. And if you want to upgrade, then buy that. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. Yep. And, and I, go I, and like you say, go buy these five lures. Yeah. Try them yeah. and rotate through them. Yeah. Grab a handful of jigs. You'll be good. Mm -hmm. Right. And yep. and uh you can get as fancy as you want, but uh, right. But you know, you can keep things super simple too. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. So so it's been yeah, I, I it's been fascinating to go through it. And I, I think when I share about my story. I let them know I'm not an expert. I'm new at this. Like I'm super right. new at this. Mm -hmm. um, and I think people enjoy that. <laughs> like they're not intimidated by it because right. they know that I'm learning too. Right. Um, and I think they can see themselves as successful as I've been kind of thing in, in fishing. Right. Because so you're new. not, you're not so far ahead of somebody that it's unattainable. Right, you're two, three, four steps ahead of them, which they can they can get those they can climb those steps essentially. They can get right behind you. Exactly, exactly yeah. right. So, yeah, they can see themselves, uh, you know, being successful and and catching the bigger fish. And but but frankly, there, there's natural progression. I think a lot of people talk about this, right? When mm -hmm. when you're new at fishing, you just want to catch a fish. Yes, it doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter how big it is. You're just mm -hmm. excited. Yeah, and then it's like I want to catch a certain kind of fish right and then i want to catch a big one of that yes yes <laughs> that's generally the natural progression mm -hmm. and i'm with the people that are i want to catch a fish <laughs> i don't right. care what it is and right. so uh and that's fun and mm -hmm. and it's it's really so joyful like when they do and i think it, it always is like it's super exciting to catch i get excited all the time still um but but 
to see that they're so proud, you know, and one thing that I've seen is people who had never fished before Mm -hmm. who are now like addicted this yeah. <laughs> they have a problem <laughs> and i feel it that i'm partially responsible and i don't know <laughs> don't know if that's a good thing or a bad yeah, thing exactly exactly <laughs> like oh uh yeah oopsie yeah um are you what are you finding i i feel like you're finding everything very rewarding but what would you say that you find maybe most rewarding about this it's interesting. So for me, this is, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. So this is like part and parcel of it is being a business owner. Um, right. uh, so, so that in itself is kind of rewarding, right? Being able to see this little enterprise grow. Right. Um, but really, I really like teaching. I mean, this mm-hmm. is all I've done uh, since I've been in my <laughs> 20s, right? Is I've been a teacher. And so I love seeing people get excited and learn and want to continue after they leave, right? That's Mm -hmm. been it. I have this great story from last year. So uh, there was this older lady um, and her lifelong dream was to go ice fishing and no one wanted to go with her. (laughs) So she dragged out her sister and her niece Uh and they spent a full day with me in the shack. They had stayed in the hotel the night before and made a weekend of it. And she, they didn't catch a thing. It was just a oh, bad fishing day. There was nothing. Yeah. And it wasn't just us. Like, you know, they were taking, uh, what are they called? Uh, the creel samples? Yes. So, right. you know, I always asked, you know, how, how was fishing today? And they were right. like, well, you know, nobody caught anything. Oh, okay. So it's just like one of those days and mm-hmm. it didn't matter. You should have right. seen how thrilled she was, just excited to be there, to to auger her first hole, to, right. you know, to do the thing. And I thought, wow, this was a woman, I'm going to guess, in her late 70s, mm, wow. who just wanted to do this thing, to check this thing off her bucket list, and to mm-hmm. be the person that, I, I feel honored mm-hmm. that she chose me to be that person, right. to walk her through that. So that was incredibly rewarding. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Seeing seeing teenagers get into it, I think is really cool. Uh, we're seeing a lot of new Canadians also, oh, okay, right. who have never walked on ice and all mm-hmm. of a sudden are super passionate about ice fishing. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, there's so much that's rewarding about this. Um, last year, I, I also received a grant from Travel Manitoba to be able to expand the business, so that's mm-hmm. pretty exciting. Um, yeah, there's lots of pieces. And you was was this because I I know things that people listening don't know. Was this grant um, that was when you purchased your new toy, right? It is. Yeah. Do you want so, Do you want to tell everybody about sure, that? Sure. So, uh, Travel Manitoba um, during the pandemic, there was something called a turf grant, which means a tourism um, innovation recovery fund. And for a long time, Travel Manitoba, you know they. They're great marketers. They're really mm-hmm. excellent at, at doing that. Um, but in terms of tourism development and helping small businesses grow, um, they, they've taken, during the pandemic, a really big step in helping a lot of small businesses right. uh, and, and potential businesses, like new ideas, which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, they had this grant available. Uh, I applied. I got it. I was one of the recipients. Um, and so with that, the idea was to... Uh, do snow dog adventures. Now, do you know what a snow dog is, April? 
I know what a snow dog is now because I have seen it through you, but but may, a lot of people probably have no clue what that is. Right. So we're not talking about huskies and samoids, <laughs> that kind of thing. We're talking about, uh, so the snow dog machine, I, boy, I have a hard time describing it. So it's it's kind of like, imagine a snowmobile, but you don't sit on it. Mm -hmm. uh, so think more of a lawnmower style <laughs> where you stand behind it in a sled and the machine pulls you forward. So it doesn't have skis. It has a track. Um, it was originally made for trappers to go out in the woods and, and haul out, I don't know, things they trap, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I would suspect, for deer hunters, uh, that kind of thing. So that's what it was originally made for. But these things were great for ice fishing. And so we have two of them. And the idea is that they don't go very fast. They top out mm -hmm. at a whopping 25 kilometers an hour. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but you don't need a helmet. You don't need a, you don't need a license. You don't need to register them with MPI. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so what we can do is it makes things really accessible. Right. So now rather than bring people to the shack and which they can drive up to because the roads are plowed and gimly. Mm -hmm. But if you show up with your Honda Civic and you don't want to bring it on the ice, you yeah. can you can park it in the parking lot at the hotel. We'll get you on your on the snow dog and mm -hmm. either go out to the shack with it or um, even better have a day out on the ice where you learn to ice fish for realsies, set up a tent. You, you help to choose the, the destination. You uh, learn to set up the tent, to auger the holes, to really learn to do this yourself. So if mm -hmm. you were to go out on your own another time, mm -hmm. uh, you would know how to set up on the ice yourself from right. really from A to Z, right? Right. And so, so this is taking it to the next step. Uh, which I think would have been really fun for me my first time out. You know? mm -hmm. Well, um, and I don't know, what is the, um, what, what's the words I'm looking for here? To own a snowmobile, you, you know, you need to have a certain level of either mechanic knowledge or somebody that you trust with small engines. With the snow dog, is the, is there a, less mechanic kind of dealings with it like would it would it be easier for a person to own one yeah you know and i i'm not mechanically savvy but my uh my my good friend jocelyn uh aka joss the boss um she <laughs> she has her small mechanic engine uh, oh. repair certificates or whatever mm -hmm. they are so she's super handy um the the engine in a snow dog is virtually a lawnmower engine right so it's, if you know how to fix your lawnmower, you can fix a snow dog, right. um, which is super awesome, I think. Uh, it's a little 13 horsepower, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not an engine person. I'm not, a, like, I'm not super savvy about this stuff. Um, but, but they're super easy. I mean, you push a button, they're electric start. One has a reverse on it. Uh, we, I've got two machines, so one's uh, a little bit more fancy than the other but right um super easy to handle and, and fun to be honest I mean I've just kind of booted up and down my street here in Winnipeg with it <laughs> and had you know uh and neighbors waving at me as I go by but uh, that's the extent of it I'm really looking forward to taking it out on the ice once we have enough ice which will be mm -hmm. soon I think yeah right I I think you're you're getting close I've been watching um Icebound pretty much every day that he posts and it looked like 
it looked like we had we were getting close to lockup and then it kind of got windy there and yeah, now you're kind of opened up again and yeah, yeah. it's so, supposed to be nice and warm I, i'm not sure about your area but my area is plus plus temperatures for a couple days and then only like minus six minus seven we don't get back into the double digit minus for i think a week and a few days yeah and i'd rather be you know and i this is a thing right i'm all about safety and and mm. uh, being cautious last year was the earliest i'd been out on the ice we we went out dawson and i and we had about five inches of ice and you know it was neat to to do that um but it was a little nerve-wracking and mm -hmm. i don't i just want to feel safe um mm -hmm. and and definitely i would never take clients out unless there was sufficient ice like that that right. is a hundred percent i'm not risking anything for anyone like it yeah. and no fish is worth uh, yes. you know, that, that, that it's just not. And again, that's not my, that's not my gig. That's not my deal. Like those mm -hmm. people who are willing to risk a ton just to get a big fish. That's mm -hmm. not me. Right. Mm -hmm. That's not what I I'm about. So. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, what was last weekend or the weekend before already? I can't even two weeks, I guess it would be, we went down to Bauer for trout and you know, three, four days earlier, um, one of our guy friends was asking, are you coming with us? Are you coming with us? I said, nope, not a chance. You won't get me on that ice. I don't care. And he was like, I've been down there. I've checked the ice. Like we have foot traffic. We've got enough for foot traffic. And I'm like, I don't know. And I kept talking to him, talking to him. And I said, you know what? I, I trust him enough that he wouldn't take me somewhere where he would put my life at risk right. and we ended up not taking the dogs with us because I, I had just said to Melissa, like if the two of them go running out into the middle of the lake somewhere and the middle isn't frozen nicely because we're fishing on the edges and shallow. So I said, if, you know, for whatever reason, the dogs go out to the middle running around playing and we're not paying attention and somebody goes in the water, like, what are you going to do? I know that you can do something, but what are you going to do? And I would never, ever be able to forgive myself if one of the dogs went in the water and we couldn't get them out. Right. So we had to really play that day safe. And I, I'm kind of one of those where I'm standing around looking at other people going, don't stand too close to me. Don't drill holes too close <laughs> to me. Like I've got my flotation stuff on. Yeah. Like, I don't know about this. But Well, we, and, and you we guys were, were and you caught some beautiful fish that day too, yeah. which is awesome um yeah i you know and the day that jocelyn and i did go out last year uh you know we caught our first fish of the year and mm -hmm. it, it's it's fun and exciting and it's fun not to have to auger through three or four five feet of ice yes <laughs> like <laughs> but, it will be uh, midwinter <laughs> but i think you know part of that is educating people and i think you and melissa yeah. did a good job with that talking about the ice safety wearing mm -hmm. your float suits having the spud bar having the picks having the you know like mm -hmm. if, if part of that and again i try to do that i try to educate people as much as i can uh, i try to stay positive with the, my messaging as well mm -hmm. um and and i think that's part of it is getting people to understand because one accident sets our business back so far. Yes. Um, so far. And mm -hmm. it's not, it's just not worth it. Right. No, um, no. And, and that's what prevents people from trying the sport is Mavericks or, or you know, and accidents happen, not, mm -hmm. not necessarily just Mavericks, but you do get people who, you know, bad things happen to good people sometimes. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's yeah. those types of stories that, really get people thinking twice do i really mm -hmm. want to try ice fishing yeah um, and, and like as soon as ice was forming you know and this is probably 
good and bad parts of social media where, you know, you can take the time to educate people on ice safety and things like that. But then there's also people that are, you know, there were guys out fishing for walleye with like just mere inches. You know, we were on four and a half, five, I think it was. Yeah. And these guys are fishing like, you know, a couple yeah, if they're lucky. Not- and yeah. there's and you know they're saying they're they're taking pictures of the fish they caught and then they're saying oh you know i wouldn't recommend well then why are you doing it yeah I you think, know, if I you're think... worried for your life then why are you doing it and why are you showing people on social media that uh, i did it and i caught fish and now everybody wants to go yeah i i think we have a responsibility anyone with a following i don't have a big following right um but anyone that has a decent following mm-hmm. you have a responsibility i i truly believe that uh mm-hmm. you know if you you're a marketer and you know it, and here's the thing with social media and here, maybe this is me wearing my teacher hat for realsies <laughs> is you know like if you're working in marketing there are marketing gu- guidelines that you have to follow what is allowed what's not allowed on social mm-hmm. media it's like the wild west and oh, yeah. a lot of a lot of people are not m- true marketers but Mm -hmm. they have a sufficient following that really you can almost consider them that way and they have a responsibility to to their followers and if you're saying yeah oh it's good go and try it uh, you know or 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 don't i'm doing it you know don't do what i do right well when you have a bunch of and i'm gonna say younger kids that are watching you and you're their mentor Mm -hmm. uh, on social media you're you're setting an example and Mm -hmm. uh, you're setting yourself up I think so we we have to be careful uh, with the messages that we send I I agree now with the with the thought of ice finally forming when when do you think that you're going to be able to get out to get the shack out and get out and start booking clients for mentoring sessions so it's interesting you know um, there's what I can do and then what my insurance allows me to do Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there's actually a nice thickness minimum that I'm allowed. Oh. Um, so probably January, uh, I'm starting to book bookings are now open. There's actually a black Friday sale happening oh, Okay. <laughs> so if people want to go on the website to book. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're taking bookings now, um, starting that first weekend in January, okay. going all the way to, uh, mid-March last right. year, March was tricky. Um, just because there was so much snow. Right. So much pressure on the ice. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a bathtub type situation happening around my oh, shack. No. So it actually got pulled off earlier than I would have liked. We probably mm-hmm. could have stayed on another week and a half um, later than, than we did. But right. just for, again, safety, comfort, all that stuff, um, we, we decided to take the shack off a little earlier. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're, we're taking bookings uh, starting in January. I also have um, another product where I, I partner with... Um, a nature center in Winnipeg called Fort White Alive, mm-hmm. where I do bookings uh, for uh, ice fishing lessons on certain weekends with them in the city. So if people don't have access to a vehicle, you can still get to Fort White and um, learn to fish there. And does Fort White, I've, I have, I've heard a lot about Fort White, but I've never actually been there. They have a f- pond? Yeah, so they're old clay pits, actually, Lafarge oh. pits, and that they have stocked over the years. Uh, Those are in the city? Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's also other pits uh, uh, called Reynolds ponds outside of the city. So they're Mm -hmm. not the same, same company, but different. 
Um, so these Lafarge pits uh, mm -hmm. have been bought by Fort White in the 60s, 1960s, and then have been developed over time. Um, so they have nature center uh, out there and walking trails and things. So we're, we're on one lake in particular. It's a stocked perch lake. They do have master oh. perch in there. Um, so that's where we do the lessons. And it's really nice for new anglers. Perch are, they're not bitey, which is good. <laughs> mm. yeah, yes, you can stick your fingers critters. in there and you don't so, have to worry. Yeah, so don't have to worry. We can go out there. We set up tent. Um, and again, we do level one, which is really, really to get people uh, more comfortable. Let's say you're going out fishing with other people. So mm -hmm. I get this a lot. A lot of women go fishing with their boyfriends or partners or what have you. And it's always the partner that puts the worm on the hook and, you know, here's the, the rod. And, you know, that's all they do is they reel mm -hmm. in the fish. Um, so it's to get people more confident in mm -hmm. being able to, to really empower people, right. To say, now I have the skill when I'm going fishing with my boyfriend or whatever, I can bait my own hook. I can, right. I can handle my own fish. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's just that, that level of confidence. I can tie on my own lure. So that, that level one is really getting people to just be a little bit more independent, be a little bit more confident, mm -hmm. um, and just empower them to do it, uh, on their own. Right. And then level two that I do at Fort White as well. So level one's in the morning, level two in the afternoon is really uh, learning to go it alone. So mm. again, thinking back to that mentorship day with my CBC host and his daughter, <laughs> you know, uh, how to set up a tent, how to right. auger a hole, how to choose your location, how to, so it's really how to use the electronics. So uh, mm -hmm. the Fort White lessons are really fun because it's really, you, you can choose if you already know how to, tie a knot and bait a hook but you you've never tried an auger this is your opportunity right to, to do that so you can do a half day full day whatever yeah. mm -hmm. so those uh, are fun melissa and i are gonna have to probably pick your brain a little bit we we decided to do because there's so many really cool opportunities and like your business and mentoring in the east and we don't have any of that in the west and except for some of the high schools have started doing and then 4-H like um, last year we did a session and this year we're doing a virtual again but it's only virtual so Melissa and I decided um, in January the first weekend I think the seventh we're going to do a ladies learn to fish on pelican for a small a small group so I have a feeling that we'll probably end up <laughs> picking your brain on some I things love that, that. Yeah, we need to awesome. make sure it that we have I, you know, here's one thing that I'd love to see, like moving forward, if I can have, there's a couple of goals I have for fishing in this province. Mm -hmm. I have lots, but, uh, you know, one of them is I, I'm part of a couple of women's uh, fishing clubs. Mm -hmm. One of them is Ontario women anglers. Mm -hmm. And the other one is Wisconsin women fish. Yes. And, uh, you know, these are, are two really strong groups. They, they, they do so much, especially why women fish wham to uh, women anglers in Minnesota is quite mm -hmm, strong mm -hmm. as well. Um, but why women fish, I've been a part of their group for a few years now and, um, Barb Carey and Ricky, and they, they do such amazing, amazing work and mentor so many ladies. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to see something like that really take hold here in Manitoba. Uh, and I don't know who has the time or energy April to do this. <laughs> I think it well, be... Rosie, I really love to take on more things than I have time and energy for. <laughs> I am a yes person. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got that same disease. Um, so, 
I, I think this is something that I'd love to see. The other piece you talked about high schools, like in the U.S., there's fishing teams on in every mm, high yes. school. They have, right. you know, university bass teams, um, scholarships, scholarships mm-hmm. <laughs> to go to university to, go, to go on a fishing team. Yes, yeah. I, I felt yeah. the same way growing up. Like I had no idea about, um, and I don't know if this is just like my ruralness coming out, but my family and I didn't know anything about provincial archery teams. We didn't know that you could like, there's got young men from Winnipeg and you know, there are some Western kids now that are being scouted for universities in the States for archery. Like I didn't know that when I was growing up, they have so much cool stuff down there that we just Canada doesn't have. And why? And that's the question. Right? Why don't we, mm-hmm. um, you know, per capita, again, if you look at the number of anglers we have, like it, it's, it's strong. Like there's really yeah. no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it just needs to be coordinated. You need to have the right yeah. bodies that are, um, you know, or associations that are formed to, to make this happen. But mm-hmm. I would love to see a few high school programs uh, formed where we can compete at yeah. a national or international level. And mm-hmm. It takes again somebody who's willing to take the reins and do that. Now, right. I'm not saying I'm that person, but um, I think it'd be really cool because I think we do have, like, again, back to the social media and the following. And, you know, we've got some anglers that, you know, kids are, are so excited to meet. We, I saw this at the Winnipeg Ice Fishing Show a couple of weeks ago where, boy, you know, these kids, they were so nervous. It was like they were meeting a rock star. Yes. Excited, like so excited. And I thought, wow, uh, the power of fishing, you know, Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and I think that there are going to be more and more people excited about the sport because of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, why don't we do something that's a little bit more organized to get it going? I don't know. Right. I think there's more to do. There's lots more to do. I, I completely agree with you. Yep. Yeah. Um, we are, uh, and you know, now that you've kind of mentioned this, I'm like, my wheels are just real <laughs> going real hard smoke coming out. Um, we just, I, I just stepped down as the VP of 3d archery for Manitoba this month and um we had a new uh, uh, acquaintance of mine was elected into the position and i essentially just swapped positions um the executive board pretty much voluntold me that <laughs> i would be chairing a women in archery women and girls in archery oh, that's awesome committee so now that i'm like I have a whole bunch of information sitting, waiting for me to open and start reading about women in sport or girls in sport and the numbers and all that kind of stuff. So now that we're talking about this women in fishing in Manitoba, it just <laughs> all feels like I, it I goes together. Not, I was doing some research this spring um, uh, about fishing again, and this was in part for Red River, in part for uh, Travel Manitoba and for myself. Um, so there's something in the US, uh, well, it's not just, it's just called R3. And it's about uh, recruitment, retention, and reintegration of anglers. And there are um, R3 practitioners, that's what they're called, people who are experts at this specific thing all over North America. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a really interesting idea where uh, the sport, uh, because people tend to age out of the sport, 
Mm-hmm. So it's how do you keep people in longer? How do you mm-hmm. get all these baby boomers uh, right. to, to keep fishing? Mm-hmm. How do you uh, reintroduce people who might have fished as kids but aren't doing it as adults mm-hmm. or for whatever reason stopped like myself for, mm-hmm. for several years? So that's called reintroduce. And then recruitment is getting new anglers, new people passionate about the sport. Right. And I think there's a lot to do here. I've got tons of ideas. Oh, um, <laughs> but I think I think a big, big piece of all of it is just access. Yeah. Accessibility in every form. Mm-hmm. So if that's access to the gear, access to the knowledge, yes. access to mentors, access yes. to physical spaces where you can do this uh, and not feel, you know, like Lockport, for example. Every time I fish Lockport, I think to myself, oh my God, (laughs) why am I here? I'm going to sprain my ankle or twist my knee or whatever. What's all this garbage about where, what, you know, why isn't there good parking? All this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, what a perfect opportunity to do something or even just at the forks, like have uh, platforms and whatnot. They do this all over the States. Like they do Mm -hmm. barges and, and fishing, um, platforms all over Uh, so there's lots that we can do and I'm so excited about being able to maybe influence uh, the I don't know I don't know stakeholders to to do a little bit about it but and I think like (laughs) I think I think what needs to happen is I think we need to sit down the three of us and some other women in the community and have a coffee or supper or a couple days of coffees and suppers in the city and hash out some stuff. Cause I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying and I want to be involved in this. And, uh, I, I do like the R3 and I, I get that. And I, yeah, I think somebody just needs to kind of finally take it by the reins and, and build something out. And, you know, like you're talking about things and I'm thinking to myself, well, okay, so then, you could create, you could have an association like they do in the States and you could have events and you could have things like your mentoring days are, you know, for those people who want to do it alone, but then you could also have like a full on event where the whole committee and association gets together and they have a, a teaching and a learning day for people who, you know, maybe didn't get a chance to chat with you by yourself or to book a day with you. And, Oh man, Rosie, what have you done? <laughs> the, the hamster is is mm. getting overcooked. Yeah, um, you know, and and again, like the the models exist. Here's the thing, right? We don't have to reinvent the wheel. The the models yeah. exist uh, yeah. for travel Manitoba, for the women's fishing, for whatever. Right? There's mm. lots of different models that are out there. Right. The, the idea is to choose one that works, um, and, and then to. Imp- just implement those ideas here mm-hmm. so that what you're talking about it's interesting why women fish they're doing a that's wisconsin women fishing they um they're doing a workshop i think this weekend it's fishing 101 oh. ice fishing okay. 101 they've got tons of ladies uh, are out there they've got lots of uh, volunteers they got you know and it's great and they'll do different stuff like this they do a camp like an old timey like a girl guide kind of camp but for adult women <laughs> Um, they do uh they come up to Canada they did before the pandemic I got to fish with them Mm -hmm. um, up here so there's yeah there's a lot of work to do I wish I I wish I was brave enough to not teach anymore and to just do this because I think there's enough to do to keep me busy 
Yeah. I'm not that far from retirement. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I'm not scared to be bored during my retirement. So, mm-hmm. um, but if we can get something going now, that'd be even better. Yeah. Get it, get it going while it's, uh, while it's, I don't know, like it's big while it's needed. Um, just things like that. Like, you know, while women are growing in the sport and they're making strides, you know, I, sometimes I fear that something will happen and then we will like lose footing. But I think if we keep pushing and if somebody starts to, if somebody starts something and that gains us momentum, then there is no kind of, you don't lose your footing. You just keep moving forward. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing. I I really think that right now, I don't feel we're going to lose footing. I think it's going to be, and it already is. It's more Mm -hmm. normalized. Right. It's Mm -hmm. more normalized to see women in ads, women, uh, you know, uh, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. using the word angler instead of fisherman. All those things that I talked about. Right. Women on ice, women uh, Mm -hmm. in boats, women in fishing shops. uh, This is becoming normalized. And people, you know, I'm looking forward you know, I, I, I keep seeing these things like first female angler to win this bass tournament, first female angler. Da, da. I'm looking forward to it just being, oh, another angler won and it happens yeah. to be a woman, right? Like, yeah, or so and so is the name and they won. They won. Right. Yeah. And we're starting to see that with people like Christina Fisher, who, yes. God, you know, I'm just such a fan. Um, you know, so we are starting to see a little bit of normalization. Right. Um, and uh, that's awesome it's normal now that there mm-hmm. are fishing suits for men and women mm-hmm. like right. five years ago it wasn't like no that's so, it's so new yeah. but now it's for I, I'm thinking these young women who are getting into this work that's just what it is mm-hmm. right? it's not even a thing it just is. yeah yeah so. I guess all the new ladies coming up and the new young girls coming up they they almost won't know anything different they don't know different and they shouldn't I think yeah that's awesome. exactly yeah, yeah, they shouldn't. Now, if we can get a few more ladies working in fishing stores, that'd be great. That's that's <laughs> very true. We're starting to see it too. Yeah. So that's uh, it's changing for sure, all around, all around, and it's all good. Right. Well, I have one um, one kind of big last question for you. Um, so for those for those who say like logistically can't make it out for a session with you on the ice to have that mentoring experience one to one with you. What are maybe one or two pieces of advice that you could give a new angler? I think one of the things is just try it. Like there's nothing stopping you from trying. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people out there that are willing to <laughs> give you a helping hand. Um, going to a place that feels safe, I think is important. Um, right. And there are more and more accessible areas. Uh, so near Winnipeg, where I am, you know, if you drive near and around Lockport or Selkirk, there's lots of paths that you can go down that are really well traveled. Right. Um, Gimli is plowed. Uh, you know, there's lots of areas that that are really accessible. Mm-hmm. But don't think you need to know it all. Like that's right. the one thing. 
I think. I think even for summer fishing, and this was one of my, my things that I kept saying, like people are so worried about getting it perfect and watching like 20 YouTube videos and learning how to tie. And, you know, like there's that whole adage, if you don't know how to tie knots, tie lots, right? Oh. <laughs> it's like, nice. you know, like give it a try, throw something out there and see what, what happens. Like, yeah, you know, there, there's not much you can do super wrong. Like mm -hmm. just give it a try. But don't be afraid to go into any one of the fishing stores. I personally really like the fishing hole. Like I'll go in there and chat up the guys or, but choose whatever local fishing shop you like mm -hmm. and ask a bunch of questions. Yeah. They're there <laughs> to help, get, right? They're so. there to help. And so don't, you know, just, just give it a go and don't mm -hmm. be shy. If you hear somebody saying, I'm going ice fishing, Hey, can I go with you? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's my best advice is, is mm -hmm. just don't be afraid and don't, it's easy to get lost and overwhelmed in the yes. amount of information that's out there. We talked about, oh, well, we could talk about lures for days uh -huh. yeah. or we can say, try these five. They'll work pretty good. Yes. Yeah. Like we get so much. What is the, what is the phrase? Um, analysis paralysis, yeah. right? There's so much information and yeah. so much flying at you all the time that you just get like frozen and you don't know what to do at all. And, and I guess all I can say is just, just pick something. If you, if you see yeah. something and you read something instead of reading 70 articles and getting scared and doing nothing, just read one and just move forward with it and just yeah. try you know, things. Like Honestly, I'd say like, get out there, buy, don't buy the cheapest, cheapest fishing rod, <laughs> like buy the second cheapest one kind of right. thing, like an ugly <laughs> stick or something like that would be yeah. great. Um, I always say, don't get one that's already spooled with line Buy mm. buy braid, uh, you know, just buy, buy, you know, some line to go on it. Mm -hmm. That'll reduce frustration. Get yes. a few jigs, get a couple of spoons and get a rattle bait and you're good to go. Yeah, really, know. you know, you, you can have a, talk, a tackle box that's about that big uh, yeah. to get you started. That's what I used for my first two years. And, uh, you know, I caught really a lot of fish with that. Mm -hmm. um, you don't need to go out and buy, you know, hundreds of dollars worth of lures. No, um, no, that'll come quick enough. That'll come quick enough. I mean, if yeah, you want to go start out there, there <laughs> try to find holes that were augured recently. A lot of people auger extra holes. Uh, if you see somebody with an auger, you can give them five bucks to auger you a hole, you know, mm -hmm. that's a nice thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, don't go out and buy a $750 auger your first day out. That would be my, <laughs> yes. my advice. Good advice. Um, and, and try other people's stuff. You know, that's mm -hmm. the other thing. Like it was interesting. The, the woman I took up ice fishing with my first, first year, my first, first year, um, I bought a bunch of stuff. I went out and, you know, I learned and she came fishing with me two years later and said, there is not a single thing that you are using today that you had two years ago. And I went, you're right. Oh I bought and sold everything right. and then bought again. Right. So it had, I had a little bit more information, mm -hmm. but you don't have to start with the best everything. Yeah. And, and the truth is a lot of people took up ice fishing during the pandemic and maybe didn't love it. Right. And you can now go and buy all their stuff for cheap on Marketplace. For super cheap, yep. <laughs> it's often like you can get the tent and the auger and the fishing rods and da-da-da. Or these are people who have upgraded, that they tried yeah. it the first year and now they're upgrading. Right. So th there's that too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
I completely agree. I saw some stuff on Marketplace the other day. I was like, that is a steal. What is going on here? Yeah. And I never thought of it like that, you know, but like you said, people might have tried either upgraded or tried it and decided, you know what, I'm not actually interested in this. And, and that's fine. Like there was only so much stuff we were allowed to do during the pandemic. And, you know, if you landed on the outdoors and, you know, just found out that it wasn't for you, well, that's okay too. That's okay too. And that's the thing. It's okay too. So yeah, give it a try. That that would be my, my, you know, I, I really went all in, mm -hmm. which is a little nuts, I guess, but, <laughs> but, but you don't need to, you don't need to, you can yeah. just give it a try. Yeah. You can just, yeah. Start, start wherever you're at. Yeah. Sure. I like that. Yeah. Um, well, Rosie, I've kept you for a bit here, but before I let you go, can you give us all the details? So social media is where people can find you, websites where people can find you and, you know, book mentoring days and things like that. G give us the deets. Okay, the deets. It's Prairie Gal Fishing. PrairieGalFishing.com. Prairie Gal is on Instagram. Prairie Gal okay. is on Facebook. Um, okay. Yeah, you can reach me at any one of those. Uh, direct message me if you have questions um, or reach me through the website. We do have a Black Friday sale. I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, Black Friday is this weekend. So um, yeah, I, you know, just, just uh, if you want to reach out, that's cool too. Um, you know, I'm, I'm super happy to answer questions and to offer advice online as well so mm -hmm. uh yeah any way people want okay perfect i will make sure that we put the links and stuff like that uh down in the description and on social media and stuff so that people can get a hold of you if they have questions great thanks so much okay well thank you for spending your evening with me well this was a lot of fun and i hope we get to fish together again sometime soon oh we will well we will make it happen and and it could be this Rosie and your Rosie together. Again. Yes. <laughs> Wild animal. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you might both be. I <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. Thanks, April. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye.